This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Trateris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me is always my buddy, my close pal, the man with the plan, the one and only John Malika. But before I ask John how he's doing, guys, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to give me, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify just to help us out. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a comment. That also helps us out oh so greatly. Also, if you watch this on the YouTube channel, if you don't even know we had a YouTube channel, make sure to go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the homepage, make sure to hit that like button whenever you watch a video, and make sure to hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode comes out, because it's not only the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, we got the other podcast, Winning Picks Weekly, where John and video producer Greg go down the NFL slate. Now they're going to be doing some NBA betting as well, so make sure to go listen to them and get their takes. They've been doing a killer job. Definitely check in t- uh, to them if you are a betting fan as I am now growing into, apparently. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Follow the Knicks Jets, et cetera, account. Follow our accounts. When you watch the YouTube videos, you'll see our handles underneath. Make sure to go to those platforms and go follow us there. With that being done, John, my man, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? It's been a, it's been a crazy uh two weeks of Knicks basketball. We we go from the highs of a three-game winning streak, fleecing the Atlanta Hawks. Then we come to the lows of losing to the Charlotte Hornets. And then a brutal loss that we were there for. You were there for two games in a row. You got one more game to go to this week. We were there together. KJE was in the building. Thanks to OmniFan and Knicks Fan TV. We were there watching the Knicks and the Minnesota Timberwolves game. It was a good game for most of it until that crushing way it ended. But dude, I I lost a voice. You lost a voice. We were there together. We were in the building. How are you feeling, man? How are you doing? What's up, man? Yeah, that honestly, that's a great intro. You know, the the ups and on the downs, the highs and the lows. I mean, this has been an interesting two weeks. And I I decided to, you know, go to the homestand with the Knicks this week. And boy, it has not been very pleasant. Like the scores make it look way different than the actual games went. Like that blowout on the Mavericks feels like eight and a half weeks ago. Who's that was literally seven days from our recording. It feels like a month ago. That goes a whole different team, right? We're like hugging Frank as if he's like our little child that like, you know, like, oh, it's so nice to see you play. RJ Barrett's now like in the MVP race at the time, right? Like with little Julius Randle's like kind of scuttlebutt with the with the fans like things are so weird from there and then we trade for cam reddish we're like oh my goodness like let's go like we're about to blow this thing out of the water and then we kill the hawks who are just down bad like after a year where they were supposed to be you know the uh, eastern conference favorites right with the nets and the bucks and the heat and they look terrible and we just killed them like things are looking amazing and then we hit our home stretch where we're supposed to have these ridiculously easy games. The Hornets with no LaMelo, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans with no Zion, and then the Clippers with nobody. Right? Like, I don't even, like, these should be the easiest four games. 
going into the Cavs. Like, we should be rocking and rolling. However, as usual, we're here as an experience. <laughs> we get killed by the Hornets with no LaMelo because every time Miles Bridges plays the Knicks, he is – he's he, put him on the list, Alex. I, we have to make an official list. He's actually uh, good, though. <laughs> I mean, the, we have to just make the official list of, of, of Knicks killers. He joins Terrence Ross. He He's joins better than Terrence Ross. Doesn't, he joins Ricky Rubio as the players when they play the Knicks. It is, oh, it's man. over. They, he's going to kill us, dude. And it's really tough that we lost that game because we looked so poor. So honestly, I want to start there with you, Alex. Like, tell me, because I, I, of course, we're going to have so much to riff about about the Timberwolves game. You know, shout out to OmniFan and uh, Knicks Fan TV, CP, uh, the franchise being very gracious. Uh, JD Sports Talk, and honestly, everybody that was there, like that was so cool. Like we were with a bunch of people, so we'll get into that for the Timberwolves, uh, stuff, and you know, the upcoming week we got going on here. But dude, the Hornets game, I brought Ugh. twenty, I brought twenty six family members to that Hornets game. We had the free throw, we had the post game picture. It was the great time. We only, it looks like we lost it was a close game, losing by 10, but what an embarrassment, man. And I bring up free throws because this is what my little, my little cousin that I bought. This is the second Knicks game I bought him to. He's freaking out about free throws. And I agree <laughs> with him. I agree with him. He's like, he's like, why do these people keep missing? He's like, literally, like, he doesn't understand why they keep missing shots at the free throw line. And I couldn't believe it either. Dude, 50%? Like, talk to me about this Hornets game, man. Let me, let, let me hear the Tratocaster, man. I don't know, dude. Maybe they need you as a free throw shooting coach. You posted videos out here on Twitter showing that you can just hit free throws with ease. And dude, hey, I, I literally posted that out of frustration. Like I wasn't even going to do that, but the fact that we hit fifty percent that night, and then they, it, I know on paper we did okay. And you did it in Tim's. You did it in Tim's. <laughs> I'm so annoyed, man. I'm so annoyed that the Knicks can hit a free throw, and how easy it is to hit a damn free throw in Tim's. <laughs> And a hoodie, jeez, doesn't matter, bro. Just hit a free throw, man. Come on, fifty percent. My man had his fit on, and he was like, "Yo, let me show you how easy this thing is." All right, I don't even get paid millions to do this. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a, just a church coach for a basketball church basketball league coach. Exactly. But I can do this, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Yo, watching that game, it was just frustrating because the, the entire game, it just felt like they were sleepwalking, dude. They were just out there, just going through the motions. Everyone was just lifeless. It was, it was just the typical Knicks matinee game. And you think after last season, which we were killing matinee games last season, we were killing them. You thought this way. It was, it was just, you thought this was all over. You're like, Oh, this team's serious. We're about, and that's how I felt coming into this year, man. I thought this team was just going to take whether or not the record was going to be better. I, I didn't expect the record to be better. Like maybe slightly. I mean, I guess I did. Right. Uh, actually, no. In relation, I expected it to be somewhat similar because 41 wins out of 72 win season, I was pointing up 48. So somewhere in that same ballpark, not, not too far off. But my God, man, this season has just been, it's just been so inconsistent, which when you get to the horn, it's just, oh, <laughs> we're just back at square one. <laughs> okay. We're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Whether it's RJ just playing poorly, whether it's Julius just sleepwalking, Evan Fournier doesn't want to show up. Alec Burks is just struggling at point guard that game against the Hornets. And then it was just everybody, man. It was legitimately just everybody. You watch that game. There's not who's the one person you could talk, I guess, about Mitch and how he had the shake and bake on 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 Mason Plumley. And you're like, whoa, Mitch has got a bag, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that was a fun play. 
But yeah. honestly, if I'm being honest with you, they were picking on Mitch. He, Mitch couldn't guard Bridges, and they kept and they kept screen rolling on him. And I don't want to say Taj did any better, but it, it would, that that kind of annoyed me. And it really seems like that was really the theme of these two games, right? Like on the on the Timberwolves, they were really picking on Mitch, <laughs> dude. I, I I he can't set screens. And when he's out there, if he's out there, they kind of switch and, and and try to get him on, you know, one of their versatile big men, whether it's Bridges or whether it's Towns in the second game. And for the second time this season, and I mentioned it to you yesterday, Tibbs got so frustrated at the other team player just absolutely wrecking us. I was at the Rubio game versus the Cavs, and he just put Grimes on him. And now Bridges. If you know, If you go back and watch that game, Tibbs got so frustrated with our big man. He's like, you know what, Grimes, you go, you go do it. Yo, he loves Grimes. No, dude, I was about to say, this is why I know for a hundred percent fact, Grimes is not never going to be traded from this team. Uh, I'll never say never, but like for the foreseeable future, Grimes is here to stay. He's not going to the Knicks are in trouble. They put in Grimes yesterday. I felt like he played the whole game. Yeah, it felt like that. I mean, especially the second quarter, he played the entire second quarter and then part of the first quarter as well. But just saying, like, stick, stick with the Hornets for a second. Like, yeah, they were picking on Mitch, but I felt like when we watch, like, RJ or Randall, or it was more so Randall who was on um, Bridges. There was, it was just no, there was no pressure on him. He was just giving him everything that he wanted. And if you're going to do that to a guy who's super athletic, like, what are we doing here, man? This is where it's just frustrating. And then let's move on to the Timberwolves game. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's get there. And let's start off by saying, once again, it was a fun event, man. Like, we were up in the suite. We were on the Chase Bridge, 302, hanging out with OmniFan. Pre-game access. You know, pre-game access. We got to see the guys warm up. We were down there on the court. You're seeing Mitch work on his handles and work on a three-point shot with Kenny Payne. That is something I was not expecting to see. Mitch working on his three-point shot with Kenny Payne and doing some, like, dribble moves to get to the to, to the rack and then working on his dribbling. I mean – I guess everyone needs to, like, I get that everyone needs to have, like, some sort of handle, but there was, like, extensive work. I was not expecting to see that there. Every game. Every pregame, Alex. Every Dude. single pregame. That's what he's doing. Yeah, and in the offseason, too. These videos yeah. are all about him shooting from far away. So this is what he's, maybe he's trying to develop this game. Maybe he's honestly just not allowed to shoot, <laughs> like, shoot these shots. You know what I mean? And when you look at his mechanics, it's like, I look at his mechanics and you see, like, it's his hand is just going to the side. It's not even like yeah. pointing forward. So I'm like, I see why I, I would not want him to shoot. Him. Look <laughs> yeah, at mechanics. I'm like, and his dude, left hand is like all over the place. It's not yeah. like set up. Like sometimes his left hand's here, his left hand's there. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm just, uh, and I get why don't ask him to shoot for a three. He has to, has to work a little bit more on that before that happens. Uh, encouraging to see some dribble moves. Cause we did see it against Mason Plumlee. I'm like, okay, I could see some of that coming. Oh, he can get to the rim, dude. Yeah, he can. He can. Uh, you see IQ going out there. Cam, I want to say Cam Reddish. That shot, man. Dude, Cam Reddish did not miss in the pregame. He he was butter. That was butter. Okay, I want to see it. Obviously, shooting with no one in front of you is different. Um, and when he had someone in front of him down in Atlanta, he was taking a lot more mid range. Uh, so forty percent from three though. He's a killer. He could be. A, no, he, he is. A, a he could shoot for this team. I'm not saying he's not. I'm excited for Cam Reddish being on this team. I just don't like the expectation of like he's going to be the next Paul George. It's like let's. Oh my goodness, dude! No, no, no. Let's 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 reel that back. <laughs> we have a we have a minute situation, dude. We have a minute situation because let's talk about Minnesota. Yeah, let's, let's talk let's about it because okay, yeah, let's talk about it because Obi had nine minutes. 
IQ had nine minutes, and that was everyone's number one complaint after, of course, the refs. We had the Randall free throw. Nobody's talking about – I mean, I guess people, when you say refs, they're talking about the foul outs for Taj and Mitch. And, I mean, those were just tough, dude. They were in foul trouble all game. We're playing with no center. Uh, Jericho Sims couldn't get in there, putting Burks at the end. Like, where do you want to start with this game? Uh, I guess I where I could start with this game is, once again, what – what happened in the Hornets game, the first half was just like that, where it was just them sleepwalking through most of it. You had RJ just for, this was probably one of RJ's worst games I've seen where he had to force everything. And I think he really wanted to show up Anthony Edwards and show what he is as a third overall pick. And especially since Edwards had it on him last season with the comments saying, Oh, well, you know, we're going to let RJ take the last shot. We'll live and die by that. And I think he wanted to come out and say, Hey, that, I'm here. I'm a player too, but you can't be forcing so much in the paint, man. Like he would just drive. He'd hold on to the ball too long. He was passing it. That really bothered me. You want to talk about everyone else sleepwalking? The only guy that showed up is the guy that I've been asking to trade, which is Evan Fournier. And I will acknowledge that he showed up the entire game. Like he was there for the entire game. I have nothing against first and in the first. That's what I'm saying. The entire game from quarter to from, from start to finish, he was there. And like, as much as I can get on Evan Fournier and I think I want, like, I'm not going to get into my whole spiel. There's other podcasts. You can go listen to my spiel about Evan Fournier. All right. I have nothing against him. I don't think he fully fits here, but whatever. We're going to make do with what Evan Fournier is. He played as soon as it, as soon as the whistle blew, he was good. You have Julius Randle, another guy who's sleepwalking for the first half. Second, third quarter, it takes to get aggravated. Uh, who, who, who aggravated him? Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Um, you, you probably know. Uh, but uh, McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels. Oh, yes. oh, okay. McDaniels had to get under his skin for him to get activated, which is just, I, I'm going to get into that with you for a little bit later. We're, we're going we're gonna to table that for a little bit later. And then you have Mitch. You talk about Taj getting foul trouble. It was just a mess. But that third quarter, though, that third quarter was was bombastic. Kemba Walker finally got activated in the fourth. It's just it just is what it is, man. This team is just I don't know why they just can't start. When I watch this team from the get go, just get it going. That is really what it is. And this was a game they should have had. Like from start to finish, this is a game that they should have had. I don't know. What, what are your feelings? So you had mostly a problem with the first half. Seems like. Oh yeah, first half for sure. It was my issue. And then fourth quarter, like late game execution. That's, it gets to that. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just execution. So I'm where I kind of want to know, and I I guess it's really going to shape where we go from here is, is it the players or is it the coaches? Because all I'm hearing, Alex, is this is all Tibbs' fault. It's all Tibbs' fault. He's a dinosaur. He doesn't know how to do the rotations. Everybody I talk to is telling me the same thing. But I'm. Oh, we heard it yesterday like, too. At that, at, at the game. Too. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching these games. I'm going to these games. I'm listening to Knicks media. Shout out to Macri. Shout out to CP and Knicks fan TV. Everybody's complaining about the same thing, but I I just don't I just don't agree. I just don't see it. The only two what? players that I'm I'm I, I kind of feel them on is Obi and IQ. Like I see I see that they have nine minutes, and that doesn't make quite sense I, i'm with you there so there is some stuff i would change right in the rotation but i'm asking you like what are you more frustrated with are you frustrated with the execution are you frustrated with the rotation 
or you frustrated with the refs from the, from both games, but like more, more Minnesota. I'm frustrated with the players. Cause at the end of the day, you, look, the coach can draw up everything that you want. Okay. But the, the rotation, players have, but he's putting them in there. There's that's an issue the, with his rotation. The there's that's an the issue. Bright. My issue when it comes to rotations is I don't want it to be like Brad Stevens creative because Brad Stevens did a little too much mixing and matching. I don't think that necessarily works. Then you're throwing everybody off. There has to be some set of, I like the consistency of like knowing who you're going to be with and what your role is in that rotation. What I don't agree with is when it gets to the third quarter, granted yesterday's third quarter was just fuego. It was great. I I loved everything about it. Normally what happens is that we get to a third quarter where we get the starters who are just in there for too long and they're just not doing their job. And it's like, why are, why are they playing eight minutes of the third quarter. Bring him out. Bring some, huh? Who? Randall? Randall. It could be Randall. It could be RJ. It could be Fournier. It could be whoever. Whoever doesn't who, have I'm saying, it. I'm saying, who are you talking about yesterday specifically? There's no one in the third quarter. Everyone was, everyone was rocking yeah. in the third quarter. Oh, okay. 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 Everyone's rock. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like in general, like when it happens. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, and in this game, you, you're watching the first quarter, which is actually really the issue. And you're like, all right, these guys don't have it. Why are they in here for eight minutes? And they just do not have it. We gotta shake it up, wake them up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put a jolt in some of these guys. Like, all right, guys, everyone get the hell out of here. We're putting in some, we're putting uh, Obi, we're putting an IQ. You guys go run in there and go get some. Let's go see what you guys got. And then if it doesn't work, go back to them. Like, oh, do you get it? It's like, guys, we we need. I need you. Like, this is from a player standpoint. The coach can only draw up so much. The rotations only matter so much when it comes down to the players actually executing. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, so in the first quarter, I just I think we have an issue with point guard, right? So you know to break it down, I think we have an issue with point guard. I think that when Mitch is on the court, we have an issue with screens on the offense and on the defense. Whether it's you know he he sets one of the worst screens in the league. Like, are there are there analytics for that to see how unsuccessful his screen rolls are, especially compared to Taj Gibson? Like, can we do like a plus minus there because? (laughs) I love Taja screens more than anything on the earth. And you can tell the difference. And I'm going to, I want to go to the rotation thing before I get more into the execution. If you put Obi in, they literally screen him and get him on the best player. Every single play, every single play that he's in, they, the other team gets him on ball. He's fantastic on offense. I, I agree. I agree 100%. He's very fun to watch on offense. When he shoots a three, I never think it's going in unless it's for the, <laughs> from the corner. You know what I mean? So I'm pleasantly yeah. surprised. It looks like good from his hand, but it's just never, it's just like the arc is off. So he looks good from the, from the baseline. He looks good on offense, high flying, but he gets picked on on defense. And then on the opposite side with IQ. He literally cannot run the offense. We're asking him to run the offense and he cannot run the offense. So we yeah. are, we're not putting him in a position to succeed. So I think those are my two issues with those two players. What I want to know, and for yesterday, for you talking about execution, like everybody kind of executed, you know, at the end of the day, besides Alec Burks, maybe you want to throw in RJ. He's been playing kind of bad the last two games. But what is this Burks obsession, man? Like I, I, you're you're looking at the guy who was all over Burks last year, right? Telling mm-hmm. you that we can't win games if Burks isn't isn't starting at the point guard. But I don't know what it is about the dynamic of the team this year. 
he just doesn't fit at point guard. He just he's just so out of place. Like I don't know what it is about him. Why do we have to force him in at the end there? Why are we why Dude. are we forcing him in over IQ? Honestly, we honestly are at this point. I understand he's a veteran compared to IQ. I understand that Grimes is there playing a different position. So he's not, you know, that's that's not really the issue. And I understand mm-hmm. that we want to trade Kemba. And so we're giving him mad minutes. So I I'm privy to all those things. But dude, what's going on with Burks? Dude, I don't understand the Burks like point guard. Like and here's the thing. When it gets to Burks, I get the theory of it. I actually legitimately get the theory of it. Because when we talk about all right, you want to run the offense through RJ, you want to run it through Julius and have them as your primary guys to that initiate, that play make, and they're going to be your scores. In a modern NBA where you're talking about positionless basketball, in theory, it makes work where you put a point guard, a guard who you can rely on off ball, who you don't need to do that much creation, makes a lot of sense. That's not Alec Burks, though. <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. we're asking, we're asking him to do a little too much. So, like, I get it in theory. Like, I wrote about it for KnicksFanTV.com. I wrote about how it makes a lot of sense. And it does, in theory, make a lot of sense. If you had – this is where my obsession with Lonzo Ball comes in. It's like, you see how Lonzo's shooting this season. He doesn't have to drive. You don't need a guard that always has to drive because if you ask Julius and RJ, it's enough driving into the paint. And then guess what also Lonzo does? He passes really well. He does everything that we're missing on this team, and you don't need him to drive. That was my whole thing for Lonzo. Go check out Hoops Habit, and like you see, you could go see my whole analysis there and how it makes sense as well. But Burks, man, like I get it. I like Burks. I, he needs to go back to that bench role to really be successful again, to be that just off-ball creator at the at the three. Because as of right now, it's not. But it's just frustrating, man. It's just frustrating because we're just putting him in a position not to succeed. And when you have matchups where you're facing a highly athletic Minnesota Timberwolves team, he can get exposed. Like Anthony, Anthony Edwards, like Anthony Edwards is just out there entering passing lines. Like there's no tomorrow. He's walking up guys and he's just, he's not even going full effort. Like he had, he had a hot first half, but he really quieted down the second half. He really could have gone off if he really wanted to, by the way, he was just attacking the lane and doing everything. So getting back to Burks though, like he's a good, like we know what he is, man. Like he's a role player. And that's why like, it's hard to get on Burks a lot because he's a role player and there's a ceiling to Burks. It's not someone like RJ who's forcing the issue where you can get upset with RJ who's just like, all right, let me just dribble, you know, like eight feet out from the rim and the pain and the restricted area. And you're like, dude, you're, there's three people around you. What are we doing here? Pass it out. It's not like Julius Randle, like when he brings up the ball and is doing that whole point forward shenanigans and he, he doesn't push the pace. He's taking his time to get up there. He goes to the right side and then he's going to work his way all the way from the arc to try to back down somebody. And it's just mind boggling where it's like, we are asking way too much. Kemba actually had it going yesterday. I thought we should have had the ball in Kemba's hands a little bit more than what we had, especially in the first half, in my opinion. I mean, he gets tired. Like he, he hits some buckets and then he, he starts hitting, he starts getting a little short. You know what I mean? That's just, it's just the way it is. Like, I think he's now a microwave. If he gets hot, you leave him in. Once he starts getting cold, it's over. Like don't force it anymore. With him, like with Fournier, you, you have to let him, you know, he, you have to let him go. He's more consistent, right? Like if he's hot in the first, kind of slows down, starts getting it going again. Like you got to keep him in and keep feeding him. Same like Randall. Honestly, with RJ, it's a game by game basis. Is he RJ is going to have a great game or an awful game? He has had 
tale of two halves a couple times this year. We've seen that, and that's growth, right? Like the, so mm-hmm. that he's able to still pick that up. But at the end of the day, we have to stop getting so up and down with RJ because a player like Anthony Edwards is just way better than him. Like, you know, like when we're wa- I'm watching the game yesterday, and Anthony Edwards is just so clearly better than RJ Barrett. It's crazy. And they're both, you know, relatively rookies, right? We call, you know, obviously not first year, but we call them rookies. Yeah, they're young. You know, uh, they're young. Yeah, they're young. Yeah. That's the term yeah. we use for these guys. Yeah, exactly. They're, you know, they're, they're trying, they're trying to make it. And you could just tell that he's not Anthony Edwards. So there's still a gap there. So I'm looking for RJ to improve. And I he has. Think, the yeah, thing I, is that, I, that he I has. Is, I don't think these past couple of games are an indictment on him. No, it's not. It's the, it's the experience of watching a young player develop. He's in his third year. People don't want to hear it. People are like, where's RJ's accountability? Yeah, he had a bag two games. That's the, yeah. he's, he sucked yesterday. All right. Nine turnovers yeah. sucks. Like he yeah. sucked yesterday. There's no dribble. way to point. Yeah. Too much. He, 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 he cost the game with those two late turnovers in the fourth. There's no way, there's no way about, around it. But at the same, like, but okay, fine. I digress. And he, look, and he got fouled by D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> yeah. which you see the report comes out. You see the report comes out. You see that D'Lo fouled, uh, uh, RJ didn't, need, get, didn't get caught. Oh, and they didn't, so and they didn't, and then Cat gets away with an offensive foul on Randall for the go ahead buckets. But hey, once again, happens to the Knicks, right? Always to the Knicks where we have to see. I, mean, this I saw report. that D'Angelo Russell foul from the, from the Chase Bridges, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else do you want? <laughs> it made no sense, man. But hey. That's the way the rest, the rest were terrible. Were, even rest even were on, the RJ, on the RJ turnover, CP standing right next to us, he gets off RJ right away. He's like, what do you guys talk? Like, he's like, what? it was off RJ. Like, and then the replay yeah. came and they had to over, over change the call. Like, the refs were, the refs were something. The refs else were, yesterday. the refs were really bad. And it was, it, the thing is, like, I don't, they're not the reason for why the Knicks lost. Of course. It was a, it's a poorly, it was a poorly officiated game overall. It was free throws. Calls, calls were was, inconsistent. I was missing free throws. That's free throws and turnovers. I'm not even joking. Free yeah. throws and turnovers. But it's also coming back once again. And I want to get into this because we're, we, we disagree on this. Yes. I look at Julius Randle and people are saying, you know, they want to, they want to protect Julius to a certain degree. And I get it. I don't hate Julius. I like Julius. What he did last. First season, we all wanted to trade him. Last season was a magical season. This season, it's been inconsistent. I understand he's taking that next step as trying to be a leader. You're, you're relying on him. You, he is that guy. The Knicks will only go as far as Julius Randle will take us on a game to game basis. My thing with Julius Randle, because everyone's like saying Julius had a really good game and numbers wise and the third quarter performance up until during the fourth, he had a really good game. Like I'm not going to eliminate that, but I can't stand. How it, we're doing this whole dance where it's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do this whole thing. He, we're going to sleepwalk for the first two quarters. Maybe he's engaged. Maybe he's not. And then it's like, oh, third quarter, Jaden McDaniels wakes him up and he's like, all right, I'm going to play right now. I'm going to show you how good I am. And it's like, dude, it took Jaden freaking McDaniels. Like it really took you Jaden fucking McDaniels to get, to get you like activated for tonight's game. Like the, the, my thing is that. And I guess it may be, like, I understand he's not, he's, he, he is by de facto. We had Steve on here. He's de facto the number one option. He's not the number one option. I get that. Fine. But where is that intensity that we saw last season, man? Where is it? Like every single game. Dude, 21, 21 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. Great stat line. Four blocks, two steals. Like, (laughs) I mean, the, the only, even the free throw. 
even the free throw that is the bane of my existence. I mean, I can't stand how many free throws we've been missing. And the fact, and I had no confidence to, if I'm being honest, that he was going to hit both those free throws. But he, dude, he went nine for 11. I'm supposed to be mad at Julius Randle for going nine for 11 at free throw. You want to call him not clutch, whatever you want to do, but he went for nine for 11. Like, you know, it, it's fine. I'm I'm way more annoyed at RJ Barrett. The fact that he can't ever go more than 50% from the line. What's the issue, dude? <laughs> but anyway, like Julius Randle, you, you can't poo-poo an almost triple-double and also say we only go as far as he takes us and then say at the same time, I need you to start earlier. Like, what is in it? I understand, you know, we, we did a little worse in the first half, obviously in the first quarter though. And so you wish that he did more of what he did in the second half in the first quarter, but that's, that's being a little too, I'm making it a little too simple. You know what I mean? Because if he goes off, then, then Fournier doesn't, you know what I mean? So it, it'll kind of even out that way. With, my only question to you is like, what do you want him to do when he has no point guard? Like, Kemba Walker Dude, played yesterday. I can't. Alex I can't. Burks played yesterday. I can't like, go what, with that. I can't. What do you I honestly do. What I can't do, go keep, with that. Keep giving him the ball. Every, like if he hits one of those threes, this whole game is different. Like the zero for four from three, the six or fifteen from field goal. I get that it's annoying, but those are fun. Like, Dude, it's one thing. Threes, the game is different. You, you, we're, we're asking him to be the the superstar. We're asking him to carry the load. He misses yes. one. He, yeah, I agree. And so that's why we're, we scrutinize when he misses a, a clutch free throw, right? We scrutinize when he goes over four from three. We scrutinize when we lose. But at the end of the day, we have to keep it real. He's doing so much without a point guard. Last year, we're talking about but, last year, and that's what we're comparing it to. That's why we have the perspective. And that's right? why. That's and, 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 but that's, but we but had that's the thing. We had D Rose. But, but the he thing was is, a real point guard. And the one he, as soon as his energy ran out as soon as the gas ran out of the tank for D Rose, the Knicks fell apart because we still asked Randall to do the same thing. And it just didn't work out because we had no point guard to come behind him. I again, that, that's, that's the only thing I could, I, I'm seeing here. That's the only thing I'm understanding Here's because a, think about RJ, dude, think about RJ when D Rose, when D Rose was around and then he had IQ, you know what I mean? With him there. And so they were both chilling. The bench was absolutely murdering. We, our bench stinks now because we don't have, a backup point guard. We don't have D. D. Rose made such a big difference on this team. It's crazy because he, he because he's some resemblance of a point guard. Not because he's D. Rose, honestly. It's because he's some resemblance of a point guard. And without that, this is this is the end of Julius, right? Like, but here's the thing: this is the cap. If yesterday is not enough, bro. If yesterday is not enough, with a couple tweaks here and there, then I'm sorry. But Julius Randle is not enough for this team. Like he murdered yesterday. He did, look. I'm not taking away his stat line. I'm not taking away any of that whatsoever. I get all that. D Rose, when he came, we had a, we had a magnificent run, especially with the second unit when it's fully healthy. That second unit runs, it hums. It is, it is, it goes, it takes his team so far. But the, th- the fact that you're saying that, Hey, he doesn't have a point guard. We had Alfred Payton last season for this guy. Like, and he was doing fine doing what he was doing. He played like eight minutes a game, bro. <laughs> 15, 15, 15, but who's counting? 15, but who's counting? Anyway. <laughs> That diminished way towards the end there. Yeah. 15 minutes. Who's counting more during the beginning of the season? He had 20 minutes, whatever. But my point is that it's not, it's not just, it's not the fact that him is, I understand a point guard would help him out a lot. And that's why I said Kemba, like Kemba's there. Like we saw you, you know, he's not playing defense though. 
But doesn't it does that 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 fact Kemba is still a threat. This is where Evan Fournier comes in. It's just like there's just so many issues with this team. It's not just Julius Randle. It's not Julius the only Julius Randle that's the issue. It's not Thibodeau that's only the issue. It's not Kemba Walker that's the issue. There's so many things. But when it when I come to Julius Randle is because what I saw last season is a guy who is willing to go all out every single game. I know there has to be some sort of pace because we need him for if there is even a playoffs. But the thing is, dude, there has to be some sort of calculation going on in this locker room right now because when you look at this team and you see the schedule that you currently have, and then you look at the next, we have the second toughest schedule. We have the second hardest schedule in the NBA after this week. It's going to be a gauntlet, dude. And you have to take these games where it's like the Minnesota, like you have to come out gangbusters in the, in these, in these type of situations, right? Not every race is the same. Not every schedule is the same for somebody. You got to look and be like, you can't think that you're just going to, all right, we're going to beat the fucking Golden State Warriors. You're not going to beat the Golden State Warriors. I'm sorry. Even if we're fucking fully healthy, we're not going to beat the Timberwolves and the Hornets with Ola Mello. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, we should. That's the thing. Yeah. We should. We were at, we were even. And that's why it's even funny. People are like, why is Mike Breen keep bringing up that Lamelo's not even playing? It's because the teams were even. We were evenly set up for each other. <laughs> we were, we were ready to okay. go. <laughs> so, the, so the one side tangent is the number one gambling thing that I've learned is when a superstar is out for one team, the team always steps up. And always wins and always covers. That's the one thing I always say it. And it's one thing, but that's, you know, that's a side that's not, you know, specific to this game. It just happens to be what happened for the Hornets. But let me ask you a question now, you know, and, and to, to get off this Randall, uh, debate. And I want, I want, hopefully you guys comment, uh, last on, thing, on our, last thing I want to say though, before no, I, no, I have a question yeah. about it, I have a question okay, about okay, it, but okay. I want to know, I want to know what you guys think about, you know, our Randall debate. Uh, hit us up on YouTube or Twitter. Uh, and like, let us know who you agree with. But let me ask you this one thing about Randall. The Indiana Pacers are sitting here and they're floating out that Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox is the deal. And there's, there, there, I don't know why they're floating that around. And they also have Miles Turner that's, you know, out. So Indiana is obviously ready to deal here. They're ready to sell and they're floating out the Fox stuff. If you're the Knicks, you know that that means it's Randall for Fox, you know, and that's where the deal is coming in. I'm sure they're going to want other players like IQ and whatnot. They need a forward. Look, so, Marvin, Bag- Marvin Bagley hasn't worked out for them. You you, you paid Rashawn Holmes. That's your center. All right. You're Leon. You need a forward. You're Andy. You're World Wide West. Are you, uh, what are you doing? Like, I, I understand how you feel about Randall, but I, I'm saying it's not him. It's because oh. the team, the team isn't, the team isn't equipped for him and we should, it's easier for me to say I want to find a point guard and that'll Here's make it. Randall better rather than trade Randall to get a point guard. And now we're chilling with Fox and Obi. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not ready. I'm not trying to do that. that. I'm not trying to do that either. And here's like, yeah. as much as I get on Randall and this is why, and this is why I want to say as much as I get on Randall, I know what he is to this team. I like Randall. I just know there's something more in there because I saw him do it with less last season and even on paper. And when I watch this team, I'm like, Oh, we can actually do the same thing like last season to a certain degree, and especially when it's going against a Minnesota Timberwolves team. It's like, all right, and a Hornets team that's missing LaMelo. I'm like, okay, we can do this. That's my frustration because I know him and I, we see it. Dude, we visually see it every single time when it's a nationally televised game, when it's the Chicago Bulls, the LA, the Los Angeles Lakers, whoever, when there's the Brooklyn Nets, this dude's on a whole other level from the tip. 
Like, it, yeah. it, and he just doesn't do that. And it's like, I get, I get that some players have like this, this, you know, they'll have a rough start, but then they'll have a breakout third quarter and it all looks good. And it's like, all right, they had a really good game. Like they had a really good game and it's really good. It's not great because it's not start to finish, but they had a really, really good game. My thing with Randall is that it's not the, it's not first time. It's not a second time. It's the entire season, dude. It's the entire season. If it wasn't the entire season, I'd be like, eh, okay, I can get by it. But it's not, it's not once. It's not even like he did, like even during last season, I remember I have a good recollection where it's like he came out, he came out from opening tip, gave it his all. And even when he would struggle, he'd keep trying to fight and figure it out. And I'm like, I can appreciate that, but it's not like that this season. That's all I got to say. But with the whole Fox and, and Randall thing, I can't do that. I honestly cannot do that. And, and here's, and here's my reason why as much as we need a point guard, that means we will then need a forward and Obi's not ready to be that forward right now. He, he just, and, and as much as I love Obi and everyone asked for Obi, even we were part of that chance screaming for Obi. We love the dude. We want the dude to get more minutes. There's just some matchups that are just not good for Obi. Obi against Carl Anthony Towns sounds like, sounds like a nightmare. All right. Yeah. If you think, if you think Mitch. <laughs> yeah. So you're right. If, if you think for like a second, but yeah, if you think Mitch was going to, if you thought it was hard for Mitch and it was hard for Taj, what the hell do you think Obi's going to do out there? Nothing's hard for Taj. Don't you dare say, don't you dare speak Taj's name in, in vain. Oh my God. I love Taj, Taj too, but listen, bro, Taj Gibson and Quentin Grimes are, are everything I love about the New York Knicks. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, like, I, I hate to say it out loud, but Ta- but they Taj, have, because, because they have the cloth of what it means to be a Nick man. It's gritty. It's tough defense, doing all the small things well. And it's like, even when Grimes is playing defense, he's doing all the minutia of playing a good defense, like how to get into your face and poke the ball loose without being, without causing a foul and how to cut off you from getting to where you want to be. You know, you know, I, it, it's just all that stuff. It's all that it, stuff that it, comes it, together. It really, all, all that makes me not care at all if. Taj Gibson gets fouled out. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to blame that on the ref. If if he misses a free throw, it's no problem. If Grimes can't hit a three, not an issue for me because of what they're putting up on defense. You know what I mean? And that kind of goes to Fournier a little bit. You know what I mean? If Fournier is hitting on offense, we kind of let him slide on defense. Like, so everybody has uh, this one dimension and we, we, we kind of, we just don't accept it from Randall. We don't really accept it from RJ. And everyone else kind of gets a pass. You know what I mean? They're allowed to be on one, they're allowed to be one-sided. But the problem is where nobody's even holding to that. Last year, it, they were able to. Like, Burks would have an, a crazy offensive game. You know what I mean? Bullock would have a good defensive game or vice versa. And they were able to, you know, kind of flip-flop the on The thing there. is, the thing is, like, you know what they are, right? It's, it's, when it comes to like OB, when it comes to quickly, they're young, they're new. You see them working hard. They play hard. They play tough. They also have that cloth of like what it means to be a Nick. You know what I mean? To have that New York City grit. Even though Obi's defense is not great, you have that. You have that. IQ. I'm worried about IQ and slightly worried about Obi before this trade deadline. I know you're saying they have that Nick stuff, but the minute situation is making me pause. It's making me pause. I don't think it is. I don't, honestly, it doesn't for me because once again, if you're looking at what the situation is and Obi had, Pretty bad couple last games. All right. Like yes, genuinely, genuinely, like he should not be on the court. And the he's going to murder for the Pelicans, which we're about to get into. But, but I'm just saying, like, when you see him in those matchups and he's struggling, you can't leave him out there to fail like that. Like, we also got to win games too. You know what I mean? And when it comes to quickly, same thing. And quickly, like, 
we faced, I don't think people understand. It's scaring me. We, we faced, me. I we faced, scaring me, bro. we faced, I don't think he's going anywhere because I think Tibbs I is not. very invested in him. I think I he is, not. man. I really think I he is. Not. I look at last, I look at last time and I see quickly was struggling because what we need him to it's do a point, point guard, guard <laughs> yeah, what exactly. we need him to do a point yeah. guard is tough for him, man. Like you can't, you can't pick up your dribble against these guys who are super athletic. You see how they're hopping lanes. You see how they're trapping. You see how they're, 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 they're blitzing everybody. If you're a guard, if you're a point guard, you have to figure out how to split the defense, keep your dribble alive and figure it out. And that's why when we saw early in the game yesterday, and this is why I wanted the ball in Kemba's hands, the pick and roll, like we saw him to Mitch do it a couple of times. You're like, Oh, <laughs> there we go. That's what we need. And everyone's like, yo, Mitch is getting a lot of action. It's like, okay, but the pick and roll is working with him and Kemba right now. And that's what a guard does. Like he, he yeah. gets those type of looks. You know, as much as like we can say Kemba might get tired and all those type of things, give it to Kemba. Like we don't have D Rose and this is like the struggle without D Rose. And obviously you don't want to put too much pressure on Kemba coming back because he legit just came back yesterday. Big news before the game, which was hilarious. But for for quickly and Obi getting back to my point, I'm not too worried about them. Yesterday was not their matchups. The, The Wolves, you know, they're a playing team right now. They're seventh in the Western Conference but they are super athletic. I don't think anyone's really talking about how athletic that team is and how dynamic that team is because you want, you get D'Lo who's very quick. Evan Fournier had a tough time guarding D'Lo. Like he, as much as, as good defense as Evan Fournier was trying to play yesterday and kudos to him for playing some pretty good defense. D'Angelo Russell was able to scoot right by. No, Carl nice. Anthony Towns, Russell's stro- nice Carl Anthony Towns, he scuffed a layup, but he can run. He, he's he, he's strong. He's strong. You see, he you can go. Contact. He's he's got. He can he can work the post. Anthony Edwards is just an athletic freak, dude. Like absolutely athletic oh, freak. He's a beast. And then you just add Millie Beasley and all these guys. For me, which uh, which made me feel a little a little uh, humbled. Let me ask. Oh, last thing on this Timberwolves game. Do, do you recall the last uh, piece of news on Carl Anthony Towns and Tibbs? Like, how, what's their relationship like? What's their chemistry like? I don't know. I honestly like the last thing I remember is what's changed. The last thing that was said when Tibbs got fired is that, uh, it made a a, cat was shocked, but he was talking about how the coach then, so I forget the no name coach, uh, who, who was coaching the wolves then, but you know, he was saying like, it feels like a family here. It feels like, Oh, like all this type of stuff. Saunders. Thank you. It was Saunders. Thank you. He's not no name. Flip. I mean, Flip was still Saunders' son. Right. Uh, yeah. Two yes, but flip. yeah, because yeah. just passed. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. It, it's Saunders, but still, like his son wasn't really like a big no-name coach. You know what I mean? Like just someone yeah. who it was a family thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fa- yeah that's why I got family name. Yeah. But you look at him, they're like, oh, it's a family feel. All this type of stuff, like a lot of feel-good vibes, not a lot of like substance vibes. And I'm like. Because they had the Jimmy it Butler, sounds like, they had the Jimmy yeah. Butler cat. Well, they, they, that, that was when Tibbs was there. That was when Tibbs was there, saying. and that was a fault. That's yeah, what ta- that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and Tibbs was supporting Jimmy Butler. But that's what I'm wondering because then I think after there was a little, I I just wasn't sure if I was mistaken or not. I, I think they reconciled a little bit with Carl Anthony Towns and Tibbs, uh, both ways in the media at least. So I just quick question: like, if we're if we can somehow deal Carl Anthony Towns for Randall, where someone oh, like Minnesota. Like, you know, in that kind of package, you know, just, you know, there is oh, the Kentucky yes. stuff. Oh, yes. Like, we're, we're all, like, what if they want IQ it, and a couple, you know, a couple of picks here and there? Like, we're going to have to get rid of a couple, you know, a couple of pieces for that because he's younger. 
I would do that for cat. If, yeah, if, we're, if okay. you're telling, if you're I'm telling me curious. we're moving, if you're telling me Let's we're move moving, if we're moving, yeah, if we're moving Randall to get cat, I wouldn't want cat as my full time five personally, because I yeah. think his defense is, you know, he'd be a four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His, he's a lackluster he behind him. He does. And that's why if you have him and the way Mitch has been playing, even though he got killed yesterday, like that twin towers like that, someone they could extend and uh, is athletic and tall as dynamic, like man. It's like dynamic. But yeah, I would put I to, if you if you had to say Randall like IQ for for Cat, that's you're you're we're talking about like a substantive like jump as talent wise, like okay. substantive jump. About, now we're talking. Now we're talking for the deadline, man. I I like that. I'll even throw in a pick. I don't care. Because uh, oh, there's picks. Play, oh, there's picks. Tibbs doesn't play his play his rookies anyway. I don't see who cares. Everyone's so silly. Anyway, he does, like, okay, I really hate the, that. Stay, I really hate that. Right? He doesn't play. Quinton Grimes is out here getting minutes, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like McBride has no chance to play. Quickly was getting minutes last year, and so was Obi. Like Obi, yeah, like by like, force they, though. These are both force. Obi, Obi by force. Quickly, no, I I will not agree with that because he earned his spot in the yes, in the yeah, preseason. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Quickly, that's fair. Grimes, the, he will play if you earn it. Grimes huh? is forced. There's literally nobody else playing defense. He's like, he's the only man playing defense. On the but he loves Grimes. Like, well, he, yeah, he, he loves Grimes. Right. He loves Grimes. Like, there's so many other guys he could legitimately go to in those situations. And he's like, I want that guy. Like, uh, even when he pulls yeah. 40, when he pulled 48 and he had Grimes playing 30 minutes against Detroit, it's like, yo, all right. Fair. I just don't. That's fair. That's fair. So let's go into the next, the, the, the two games that are going to be between us and the next time you hear from us. The last of our homestand. I'll be there. Pelicans, Knicks. God and then bless we got you. the Clippers. And then we got the Clippers, Knicks at a one o'clock matinee, dude. Oh, I am terrified. Like these are must win games, Alex. I can't stress that. If we lose these two games, I, I, I expect I'm packing. nobody versus the we Cavs. Might, we might as well pack it up, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start, start doing draft lottery stuff. <laughs> tough. Really tough if we lose these two games. And, you know, the Pelicans have the, you know the, the 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 kind of guys that ruin the Knicks, right? They got Valanciunas, right, to uh, to give us that, that pick and pop. They got Devontae Graham, who's questionable, so we'll see what and happens Brandon, there. Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram. I mean, those are the three. Like th- th- those are the three they really have to worry about, and they're very very <laughs> potential Nick killers. Like Josh Hart might do a little something something against the Knicks because he likes that. I'm excited to watch Jackson Hayes just because we talked about him a lot. Uh, you know, in our don't uh, sleep on my guy Kyra Lewis either, man. He's he's showing some stuff, man. Don't Kyra sleep on my guy. Kyra Lewis is fun to watch too. I end up always showing up to the Pelicans game, right? I was there last year for the Zion game too, so I do like the Pelicans. That was a fun. We went to overtime, like we did it. That, you know, that was that was a fun game. Um, they were better last year, one. but that's another story. Yeah, of course, and we were we were too though. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm giving it a buck. So, I mean, I'm not going to say what do you think is going to happen because if you call for a loss, then I'm going to kill you. So I won't even ask you for what do you it's think. So it's gonna a happen. win. We better win these next two wins. These it's next a two win, so and you got to beat the clip. Wins, yeah, two wins. Yeah, I know, I know, two I wins. Know. So the only thing I'll ask you on these two games before we, you know, wrap up out of here, who are you looking on this? Who are you looking for on this team to step up for these next two games, and who? Do you think would maybe take a, a slight decline? I'm looking for Julius and RJ to step up. I think I, you have to think after yesterday's loss for Julius, 
that's got to be sitting somewhere down low, man. Like that has to be sitting somewhere down low. They just want to come out and win. Is a revenge game for him always. Don't forget, and it is. And then RJ had a really good game against New Orleans too earlier this season. And I feel like that's another time for him to get back in there. So I look for them to bounce back against those two. But also I look for, you know, like as much as I get on him, I'm also looking for Evan Fournier to like show up too, man. I think Evan Fournier is starting to 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 get catch some fire underneath his ass and like really want to play. So interesting, man. I mean, him and Kemba, I agree with you that they ha- they do look like they have you know fire in their butt. However, I, I think all they're doing is jacking up their trade price. I, I'm, I'm really keeping well, they have to. Well, they have to. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with that. It, but I, it's really the Kemba situation is probably the most difficult thing for me to like really wrap my head around because if we don't have Kemba and we don't have D Rose back before Kemba goes, oh boy, <laughs> like. Oh boy. Like we are like, that's a fact. That's like, a fact. Uh, okay. Let me ask you this. Then. Another, another addition. Do you think Cam Reddish is going to show up? Because uh, we mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, but dude, Cam Reddish came out yesterday in the pre. He's going to play with sweatpants and a hoodie. And not, he not, did not miss. I don't think he plays this game. Although he, this is the time he should be getting in the rotation. Cause we could have 10 guys and he could be that 10th guy, but I don't think he plays. I think he's going to be held out for a little bit longer until, uh, he gets enough practice in his ankle starts to feel good. Uh, I put my tin cap on for this one. Be like, yeah, ankle. He was, he was, he was, moving, he was moving pretty good shooting, uh, side yeah, steps fine. yesterday. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. And I think, I think he's going to, although can I just say into Grimes minutes? Obviously he's a better uh, version of Grimes. Like honestly, if Grimes could be Cam Reddish, that'd be fantastic at this point. Uh, uh, when I watch. Because it's really different when you get to see these guys on TV and in person. Like when we talk about the ten pounds on camera, giving like some extra weight, like that's a legit thing. But Cam Reddish, man, he is thin. Like I didn't realize how thin he is. Like he is a very wiry frame. No, like, and on the, on the opposite side of that, when you see IQ's legs, IQ's legs are huge. They, they look are like massive. A small, small guy. His they are massive. Are, yeah, they are like the size of our. They, they're like the size of our heads. Yeah, they are tree trunks. So. I, I, I actually, that makes me really happy about his durability. Like, he looks jacked. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I think Cam Reddish, uh, I'll, I'll end on this note. I think Cam Reddish is going to be huge for this team. And I think that that allows us to trade Fournier without really blinking an eye, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't think that we need to, I, I know it sounds crazy, but I think that with Burks there, if, if Burks is, you know, stays and, we have Grimes in there. We have Cam Reddish. We can kind of finagle this this two spot, and especially if IQ can. is still here. You know what I mean? Like it, it really gives us flexibility. If Cam Reddish is good, it really gives us flexibility in the off season. It really gives us flexibility flexibility to trade Fournier and not need a shooting guard to come back. So it really opens things up. Yeah, I'm very curious about this Cam Reddish situation. And me too, because we, we only have dude. We only have we have less. What is it? Three weeks now before the trade deadline. I mean, February 8th, February 10th, get, one of those two dates. He has to come soon. He has to start playing soon. So I'm excited it, to see it. I yeah. It's two games, man. For sure. And like, I'm excited and to see home, what Cam does. At home makes a difference for somebody like Cam Reddish. You know, he's not like a superstar. He's a role player. So role players, you know, excel in the garden. 
I'm excited. He adds that length. He has that versatility. You know, he's six foot eight, seven foot wingspan. It's a, it's a good thing to have in your lineup, especially if, uh, if he can start. Cause look, man, he was getting 20 minutes this season. He wanted more minutes. You don't trade for this guy and just leave him on a bench. So something's got to happen. But I do want to say for like the trade deadline, people are thinking that there's going to be like a massive trade. I don't think there's going to be a massive trade. I honestly, I think we're going to see another once again between the margins type of deal between this front office. I think they're really trying to stockpile their assets for the right player. And even when it comes down to De'Aaron Fox, like I like De'Aaron Fox. He's not a really good shooter. Uh, I don't know how much more driving you need on this team. Like it's just when guys actually do decide to drive, it's a lot of driving. It's, it's not about lot. driving, Alex. Uh, and I, I, you know, I read your article too. It's, it, it's not about driving per se. And I, I think that that's where some people tend to get lost in the analytics and say, you can't just read the, you can't just read the analytics. You have to watch the game because it's not just the driving. It's if you can beat your one player and that causes the defense to collapse. Oh, I get that. Shift, I get everything, that. Everything changes, right? Like Lamelo doesn't need. To, to drive in. Lamelo just needs to break but, his first guy. And, and the thing is, we don't have that. We but don't here's have the thing. One single but guy here's the thing. that causes a threat of a double team ever, ever, ever. It's crazy. But here's the thing. Well, Julius does. Nuts. Julius does. When he does, he dishes out. And he that's does. why he gets nine assists. Yes. You know what I'm trying and, to and, say? And, and, RJ, slow. and when RJ was on that role, he can do that too. My thing, my, my issue with saying more driving is not necessarily for the fact of anything like statistic, analytics based, or so forth like that. I get what it does. My thing is that. We need another shooter, though. Like our inconsistency from behind the arc is really just. I think that's huh? Cam. Think okay, that's but Cam. okay, but just one player isn't good. Like we had no, one yeah, player in Reg- Reggie Bullock, but that's yeah. my whole point. Is like even with Kemba Walker, you know, he has a better shot than De'Aaron Fox. So you have him. You have Cam, who's a who could be a lights out shooter. He's shooting forty one percent, and then you have even if RJ and Randall are closest to what they did last season, it's much better than just having. Like it's even better right now with like Evan Fournier out there. That's like if you add Darren, Darren Fox, as much as I like him, like it, what, what needs to work for him is like you have shooters around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how, how does that work then? Whoever's driving, that's my point. It's like, if we're going to have all these guys driving, who's the guys that are actually shooting? Like not everyone's well versed at being a shooter like that. That's the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And just to end this on, uh, with the trade deadline stuff. Miles Turner, we noted he's sitting out until after the trade deadline. So it looks like he's on the move. Who knows where he's going to go? We also have, which I think is pretty interesting. We got this James Harden situation brewing, uh, in our, you know, your favorite rival Brooklyn Nets and, you know, the team that he's going to, uh, that he could potentially go to Philadelphia 76 is his boy Daryl Morey. And then they have Ben Simmons. They'll just, the Nets will just be the COVID team. You know, the, the, the non-vax team, right? They obviously, they found a way to get that going. So hope, you know, maybe that's a situation there. And the last thing is Jeremy Grant. He was rumored to come to the Knicks, right? Another guy. Meanwhile, he wants a $156 million extension plus to be the number one guy on the squad. It was 112. He said 112. 112. Oh, I think it makes it total. 156. Like, yeah. yeah, like with his money now or something like that. I think that's what it totals. Some something close to that. I, I read it today. Wild. <laughs> I think that's I think that means Jeremy yeah. Grant's out. So do yeah. you, do it would be it would be 156 yeah. with it. Yeah. No. I, I, I give me a hard pass on Jeremy Grant. This is here's my this is my my whole thing. Which like he so he he signed a three year last year. He's in the middle of his second year. He's got one more year. So if he asked for 100, if he asked for 112, it'd be like 100. 
36 with the 20. Oh, okay, okay. I think he's but I think he wants so it'd be like 136, but it's a 36, at that point. He's ruining nah. the whole cap. He's 35 percent. Like, what are you talking about? So Keep I keep me far I away from that. <laughs> the grant stuff is out. I think the Ben Simmons stuff, Harden stuff is interesting, but that's next year. I'll, I'll leave you with this last note. And really, actually, last note. Do you think Ben Simmons? Well, I'm going to ask you this a bunch of times, but do you think that at this point, January 19th, is Ben Simmons getting traded before the deadline? No. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 unless, unless Harden get, finds a way to get his way out in three the weeks. Guy that, the guy that they wanted was Damian Lillard. Yeah, and he's you know, out. That was, he's out. So that's not going to happen. You're not going to trade a guy Harden, for a guy who's Harden. Harden on Philly would be crazy. Harden and Embiid, which look like MVP, and then, gonna, and then he's going to get injured in a couple months. So they're going to need someone like Harden. And if they get dumped, Tobias somehow. Yeah, I say I don't know the current stat. We don't know the current status of Ben Simmons' vaccination. It still hasn't been updated for quite some time. Um, to like my last check, but if he isn't. If he is not vaccinated, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we don't we, know. We, but. If he isn't, I don't see why Brooklyn would want to do have two part-time players. Well, if you could do one, you could do two. Why not? I mean, I'd love it. Take two part-time players. It's interesting. It's an interesting. Play, play, uh, playoffs come playoff come around, and you got nobody with your home games. That's hilarious. <laughs> All uh, right. It's so, so stupid. That, they're asking up there. I'm, I'm I'm still hoping that Noel. Finds his way off this team. I'm done with the bionic. I'm done with the bionic Michelin man backup center. Oh, I really, man. I'm really good on him. So we'll see what happens. So sad. There. So sad. Yeah. But I, I'm glad we paid him. That's yeah, we, we, it was, a, it was a good thing that we paid him. Like I know people are like, it was a bad signing. Like, no, I'm happy. It was not, it was, money, it was dude. not, it was, it was not a bad sign. Like the NBA owes the guy money. <laughs> so it's actually, he <laughs> so actually is really owed fun. money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's a good place to end it. So thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Shits, et cetera, podcast. As I said at the beginning of this pod, please make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to us. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave us a comment because it helps oh so greatly. But if you don't listen to us there, we're on Google Play, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. Also, we're on YouTube, as I also stated earlier. So please make sure to go to the channel, subscribe, Hit the notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. And whenever you watch a video, just hit that like button. That also helps us out oh so greatly. And while you're there, we got Winning Picks Weekly. Make sure to go check out John, video producer Greg. They're giving you their takes on the NFL slate. They got NFL playoffs right now. They're going through that. Also, we got NBA betting coming soon. So make sure to be tuned, tapping in, and getting their takes on that as well. And guys, as always, follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode. We'll catch you later. We out. Let's go, Knicks, baby. We can't go. I can't go 0-3 on this homestand. And the Knicks better Knicks better not go 0-3 or 0-4. They better go 2-2. Let's go. For John's sake. <laughs>